The dream team is back on decaf. Mark, welcome back from Italy. How, how was it? Thank you. It was great. Good time. Um, you know, it was a, a very fun once in a lifetime trip and I'm also happy to be back. Yes. Well, we're going to talk more about it later. Um, I've asked Mark to prepare for us the three things that he would recommend to anyone visiting Italy. So he can think on that while we talk about some of the more serious topics. So we would be remiss not to cover the, the one thing that has captivated the entire United States and probably a lot of the world's attention this week, the horrible, devastating, just absolutely insane shooting at an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas. I it made me want to throw up. I mean, I was getting ready to leave for a work trip and Suzanne called and said, turn on the news right now. And it, what started with two kids very quickly turned into 19 kids and two teachers with some 18 year old kid, adult, what would you even call him? Thinks like a child, acts like an adult. I, I really don't know who burst into a school, an unprotected school, an unprotected door in a school, and just decided to rain terror down on all of these families and children. And just as quickly as the tragedy happened, people made it a political issue. And I don't, and I, I, I want to say that the tragedy makes me the sickest, but gosh, a close second is how quickly people just move on from actually caring about the victims and their families and trying to promote agendas. Um, I really can't imagine how someone's brain thinks that way. It, it's disgusting to me. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's, it is such a tragedy and, and I try to think, and maybe I'm, you know, exaggerating, but I think 90, 95% of the people who talk about this have good intentions. Um, and sure. I don't think that, of course, it's the time. And I mean, and outside of everything else, I mean, this was again a horrible tragedy. You can't overlook that. I mean, this was just bad. Um, but the one thing that I I just can't deal with is, and even the former president Barack Obama said this, and I think it's so dumb when people say this. Like, we have to do something. It doesn't matter what it is. We have to do something. You know, and I think there's well-intentioned people on both sides. And I'm not saying that, you know, gun control or whatever. I mean, maybe it would work. Maybe background checks would work, whatever. I, I don't know the answer to that. Oh, yeah. But this whole idea of we have to do something, it, it's that's not the way you should live life. You can do something that makes things worse. I mean, with everything. Yeah. Oh, COVID happened. We have to do something. That's called shutdown. It's called closing down business. I just don't think that this we have to do something that's not good policy it doesn't make any sense right like if you had something that's going to make things better then talk about it just doing something to say oh let's just try this and you know if more people die then fine like it it just baffles me and i don't like the the grandstanders on this i do think it's it's super sad i think that people truly believe that gun control will do something so i mean i i might not agree with them but i do think that most of the people have good intentions I don't think it's the time. I think you need to have a really honest discussion about this too and saying, hey, even if you had these, you know, expanded background checks, how would that have changed what happened here? Just, I think sometimes people just want to say, let's pat ourselves on the back too. We did something. It doesn't matter what it was. It doesn't matter if it's going to help. I mean, it's something right. maybe similar to the bump stock things. Is that actually solving anything? No. Well, after the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School shooting a few years ago, one of the fathers came out with a, a book or, or something where he recommended ways to keep schools safe. Windows with bulletproof glass, resource officers at the doors of all of these schools to make sure that people can't get in. Um, I saw some numbers on social media as I was trying to avoid everything, but saw some numbers that um, make it a very make a very reasonable pitch to having retired vets or people who are combat trained 
give them jobs at schools, guarding the schools so that people can and can't get in. You know, people were guarding at Coachella with guns. People guard our courthouses where adults are with guns. So you can say what you want about guns, this, guns, that, guns are bad. But if that's what it takes to keep kids safe, it should be part of the discussion of- that that's the best point because I don't know the answer. I don't think anybody who's talking knows the answer, but there's not just one solution of takeaway guns. And it's, it's really interesting too, because the very same people that say, well, if you, you know, if you make abortion illegal, they're going to happen anyway behind closed doors and it's going to be more dangerous. If you apply that to guns, then what these laws you're proposing wouldn't do anything because it's still going to happen. I mean, you, you have to use the same logic there. So I do think that, you know, while I think I am a little bit more sentimental towards them, where I do think most of them really do have this, they want this to stop and they feel horrible about it. They think that, you know, this will do something. I mean, I think, I think it's more of an emotional response than one that makes sense, but I, I do feel like they have good intentions. It's just hard. And I mean, and, and we need, again, you kind of take away from the, what just happened is like, let's honor, you know, these kids that die, these teachers um, and stop making this a political issue that, you know, that's not honoring their lives, I guess, in my opinion. So it's it's hard. And I think we should have discussion about this. I don't think, you know, right this very instant is the time to say we need to pass this, this and this or do this, this and this. But it, it is sad. And, it, and it's hard to understand, you know, as much as we talk about, I don't, America does seem to be the country this happens in way more often than anywhere else. And I don't know, you know, why that is. Um, but I think it's something that should be discussed. Well, to your point about making it a political issue and stoking tensions over it, the kid that shot up the school, was bullied his whole life. Mm -hmm. He didn't have a father. His mother was on drugs. His grandmother was combative with his mother. Every The odds were stacked against him, but let's talk about the bullying piece specifically. Until everybody calms down and turns down the heat on how we talk to each other, how we regard each other, what civility looks like, there's going to continue to be this mental health crisis among adults teenagers, children, people are going to keep responding with anger. People are going to stop looking at warning signs as actual warning signs and just look at them as, oh, well, I don't like that person. We've, we've got to set a better example for the future generations. If there's something that we can do right now that shouldn't have any discussion around or whatever, I think that we should just do it, is start being kinder and start regarding people with more kindness, whether it's someone in your class you don't really like, someone in your social group you don't really jive with. Treating people with kindness won't lead people to these radical ends. I mean, there are mental illnesses that we can't really cope with and compensate for, but for the most part, treating people with kindness doesn't lead to disaster. And so um, I think as we're talking about anything that can be done about guns, should or should not be done about guns, we should also focus a large part of the conversation on mental health and awareness and warning signs in kids and teenagers, young adults, older adults, everyone is susceptible to snapping once they've had enough. Everyone is. No one is above snapping once they've had enough there's a level to what that is. And I mean, it could just be yelling. I mean, not everyone is occasionally. Sure, sure. Not. Sure. But everyone is is susceptible to snapping once they've had enough. Now, yeah, you're right. What the, Whatever that snap is looks very different. But there's just a way that we need to treat each other with civility and kindness. And uh, I hope that we start doing that and quit pitting people against each other. That's And, and I think, again, like we're saying, we don't have the answers. But I do think that it's it's 
you know, it doesn't make sense to focus on this very small or this one aspect of it. It's not going to fix things. Even at best, it might, you know, have a minimal impact, but it's like, it has to be a larger package to actually address this. Yeah, a holistic. Yeah, it's, it's sad though. And I mean, let's let's think about the families and everything there and not, you know, not talk about it from a political perspective just yet and to kind of figure out, we want to try to solve, stop this type of thing in the future, but right now you should not in the families and, and children who died. We're all whole people, no matter what you think about any certain political issue, we're all whole people who deserve civility and uh, teaching our kids that I think is, is the right way forward and can get out ahead of some of these issues. Um, speaking of teaching kids, let's shift gears a little bit to something that also made us angry this week, though not as angry as the shooting in Uvalde. Um, Metro Nashville Public Schools continues to make decisions. I'm gonna to try to be gentle here because I was not very gentle earlier this week. Mark, maybe you can, you can take the leash off and absolutely go wild on this, but I don't understand why Metro Nashville Public Schools and their decision-making authorities continue to be so cruel to families who choose different educational paths as opposed to traditional public school. Here's what happened. MNPS officials decided that charter school students, which sidebar, charter schools are public schools. Okay, and we're back. Charter school students are not allowed to play sports with public school students and public school student leagues this year. And they gave them a month to come up with their own leagues to play sports. Mark, can you make sense of this? Because we're, from where I'm sitting, this is ludicrous and insane. Well, I mean, let's just, I mean, they're cruel to students. They're cruel to taxpayers. I mean, let's not forget they've won our pork of the year. And it's funny because we didn't hear pretty much anything from them when, when it was pork of the year. They didn't answer any media calls. They basically just ignored and said, oh, yeah, we wasted $18 million, but like, we don't want to talk about it. Gosh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but, but, but now they're out and they, they want to talk now um, as they, you know, they stop public school students from participating in sports leagues. And again, like you said, it, it's a long-term thing, but how can you give them a month and a half? It is vengeance. They're mad about TISA passing. I mean, they essentially said that Sean Brace their spokesperson um, who has had a lot of issues of his own said essentially that it's because of TISA we're doing this, which is the, the new student funding bill that passed. And, which would I mean, it, give them more money. What was I that? TISA, the TISA funding gives more money, but it doesn't matter. I mean, they're, they're not, I mean, they don't really understand very much about anything, um, but they, you know, they're mad about that and they are mad. They, they're mad that these people took their choice to go to another, like you said, public charter school, and they're taking this out on children. Uh, one of the worst things ever, and this is already a, MMPS is already a group that is, um, I, I'm trying to say it nicely, but the worst, I, I don't know how else to say, they're horrible. And they're the probably the worst run entity in our entire state. They're horrendous just generally in terms of just what they do on a day-to-day -day basis. But on top of being horrible at their jobs, they're also super cruel. So they're kind of just the worst people there are right now, MNPS. And it's it's hard to understand how they could do this. I would not be completely shocked if they backtrack in this decision. The, the public outcry from you know a lot of, and Fox 17 found this story. It's been swift and it's been pretty one-sided saying, this is just, it's clearly just vengeance. That's all it is. You're not happy they're not going to your public school and they're going to another public school where they think they get a better education. And because of that, you're not going to allow them to participate in sports. I mean, it's just the worst of the worst. And like, when we talk about, we talk about government incompetence a lot and MMPS is among the most incompetent of government entities, but most government entities aren't intentionally cruel. 
And this is something that, you know, you expect from like a 12 year old bully. It's not something you expect from a government entity. They should be absolutely ashamed of themselves. And I want to hear a better response from them because this is just unacceptable. And I think everybody, no matter what side of the aisle you're on, whether you're for school choice or not for school choice, you have to understand this is, I think we all agree, this is horrible and it's going to, it's a PR nightmare for them right now. Don't you guys wish that Mark could elo like eloquently express an opinion? I mean, I really wish that Mark could form opinions and express them clearly. No, I mean, you're right. Like there is no nice way to put it. They are the worst. They are turning their backs on the students that it is their quite literal job to serve. Charter schools public school students from their district. That's what they are. Yes. <laughs> they're just not their public school. Yes. It really is uh, cruel. I think that's the best word for it. That's what we put in our press release. You can find it on Fox 17's website. We also share it on our Facebook. It's petty, it's cruel, it's vindictive, and it's unnecessary. So uh, you can expect to hear more outcry about that if they don't reverse this decision, because I personally am not going to let up on it on social media um, until MNPS responds. And uh, because I'm I'm very upset about this. I think it's a cruel injustice. And Sean Brace said, the spokesperson, we are still waiting on a comment about the $18 million pork of the year that every media outlet in the whole state pretty much has asked you about that you kept quiet about. So I know you wanna open your mouth about this and just you know talk about all these things about Beacon, but I would love to hear about all the $18 million of our money you wasted. I'd be interested to hear your, your comment on that instead. The challenge has been issued, so. If you, if you know him and you can get this to him, Mark has issued the challenge and uh, it's game on. Um, so things really seem to be like, I hate to use the word apocalyptic, but like also what's happening in the world right now. Mark, when I say the word shark cano, what does that mean to you? I had no idea until you, I, I don't know. I mean, I okay. looked it up because you told me I never heard of this before. I, it's weird. Okay, so several years ago, what what network was Sharknado on? Was that on? Oh, I think it was, it was FX or somewhere. It was a trashy, like FX, I think it was. Yeah, it was a terrible movie. It was like, remember in Twister, remember in the movie Twister, when the cow is like hurtling through the Twister? That was what Sharknado was basically. It was a tornado made of sharks. And it was, it was on sci-fi sci with Ian Zaring and Tara Reid. Oh, Tara Reid, a hit from the start. So... <laughs> Sharknado burst onto the scene, became an instant pop culture joke, the butt of every joke. Um, but now maybe I'm starting to think we all laugh too soon because in the, I think it was in the Pacific, over in the Asian Pacific, an underwater volcano erupted recently and from it came all these sharks and now they're calling it the Sharkcano. And so now marine biologists and People who study ecosystems are starting to realize that maybe these scary, deadly sharks can live in much more extreme atmospheres than we originally thought. Um, I know this isn't interesting to most people, but I think it's very interesting because, you know, so much of the ocean floor is still unexplored. And as this volcano erupted, sharks erupted from it. Yahoo News has a really funny photo of a volcano with cartoon sharks flying out. I'm not sure it looked quite like that, but it definitely is uh, is making headlines, Mark. So here's what I want to know from you. If you had to choose between trying to live through a Sharknado or a Sharkcano, which is the which is the worst way to go? <laughs> I, I don't like to be underwater, so I guess a Sharknado would be better. Also, can we talk about the most shocking thing is how many Sharknado movies do you think there were? Just the one. No, there's seven. 
There's Sharknado, Sharknado 2, the second Sharknado, The Feeding Frenzy, oh hell no, The Fourth Awake, The Fourth Awakens, Global Swarming, <laughs> and Last Sharknado, It's About Time. There is seven of them. You that is so insane. Me, you mean to tell me that there is a real movie that people have seen with their eyeballs that is called Sharknado, oh hell no. Uh, yeah, Sharknado 3, oh hell no, correct. <laughs> I really I like global swarming. That's the funniest of the, of the titles. But. Global swarming. I knew there was like two. I didn't. I can't believe there's seven of these. That's just unbelievable. I actually watched the first one, and it was as bad as as expected. Who is funding these? Like who is like who I mean, sat down? Sci-fi network. I feel like these are like fifty like fifty dollar budgets. It's all these like terrible special effects that don't look anything like they're real. So it's not like it's they're putting a lot of money into this. When I worked at Alabama, I had a little bulletin board in my office and I found a picture online that said, next time you think you have a stupid idea, remember someone into a, went into a pitch meeting and said, I have an idea about a movie of a tornado filled with sharks. And it got made. So, you know, and it's all, and all these actors, like I'm looking at all the actors, like they were famous at one point, like Olivia Newton, John, Chris Kattan, Tony Hawk. Like there's all these people who at some point were famous, but it's like people you haven't heard of in like basically probably 10 to 12 years. Sharknado is where all the 90 stars careers go to die. Oh my gosh. We're, yeah. With the sharks. I, yeah. I, it, it's a wild regardless yes shark I, I don't want to be underwater so i guess i take a sharknado but this is just a whole it's open up a can of worms for me i've not seen this movie i watched it opening night when it came out on sci-fi oh i remember God. i had my tv on it it was i those would be like snakes on a plane but it wasn't as funny well i can't see snakes on a plane either because i'm definitely afraid of snakes but i saw on a lot of the articles talking about the shark cano because obviously i research spiraled this um they they keep making jokes about how hollywood's getting their pencils sharpened to to write a movie based on this because they thought that sharknado you know we all thought it was so stupid but now we have a volcano with sharks coming out of it you know what's going to happen next is this the end are, are we at the end are we about to get sucked into a black hole i don't know what's about to happen i don't know how much of this is like the media rampant stuff right because like monkey pox you hear about this like how much of this is like just like something that maybe has happened a million times we're like oh let's make a huge deal because it's something that americans or people haven't seen before where it's like it's probably been happening for tons of years and we just I know I'm just really susceptible to things like that. Yeah. Like I'm very susceptible to advertising. If I see a Coke commercial, I go get a Coke. If I see a Pepsi commercial, I go get a Coke. I'm not a Pepsi girl, but I'm very susceptible to advertising. And I'm also very susceptible to the Twitter explore page. So if something's on the Twitter explore page, it's a very high likelihood that I'm going to anxiety spiral over it. So that's what I'm currently doing about the shark Kano, even though I live thousands and thousands of miles from where, <laughs> from where it happened. Hopefully when Elon Musk takes that over, it'll be better. Like every time I see the trainings, I'm like, this is such trash. Hopefully he'll do something better about that. It's always terrible. I know Elon, hire me, <laughs> hire me to help. <laughs> I don't want that either. Wages. I'd be worse if you were there. <laughs> I know it's probably true. It would be like Taylor Swift and Taco Bell. Speaking yeah. of Taco Bell, I had Mexican pizza twice this week. Yeah, it just, it just came back, right? Just came back and I had it two nights in a row and man, oh man, I missed it. Okay, I saw something about how every basic girl you know is so excited that Mexican pizza is back. Listen to me, I'm not a basic girl. I am not. When I was in high school, I had dance, I had ballet classes every Monday night and I would get out at 9 p.m. And the next stop, there's a Taco Bell right next door to my dance studio. And I got a Mexican pizza every Monday night for four years. And now I really just, I miss it now. But, but it's she's like, at me. best though, they're maybe like 
20 best, best thing. There's so many better things at Taco Bell. Chalupas, cheese gordita crunches, just plain tacos, the churro. I mean, there's there's a million things that are better than that. Mexican pizza is fine. It's like the stupid McRib where it's like it's gone and people like they remember liking it more than they actually did. That's probably and, true. And even if it's fine, it's like people like they miss it. And it's kind of like that novelty of like, oh, it's back. Well, as a connoisseur of Mexican pizzas for my whole life until Taco Bell took them away, I'm proud to report that after two nights in a row of sampling a Mexican pizza from a Nashville Taco Bell and then one from a Jackson, Tennessee Taco Bell, I'm just as happy as I was 10 years ago when I was leaving ballet practice on Monday night. I wish they would take the, uh, if they took the tomatoes off the Mexican pizza, it'd be better. Mark, just order it without tomatoes. That's what I do. I don't know. That's too much, too much work. <laughs> too much work. No tomatoes. I actually kind of assume they couldn't do it without tomatoes. No, I order it without tomatoes every time. Okay. Well, still fine. There's better options, but like that's better anyway. Give it a try with the no tomatoes. Speaking of uh, international cuisine and delicacies. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is a, you're really going on a, on a limb there talking about It's that. a stretch. It's a stretch, but I stand by it. Let's talk about Italy. You finally went on your honeymoon after getting married in September, three weeks in Italy. Give us three of your favorite things that if I were planning a trip to Italy, which maybe I will soon, you would tell me to do. Number one thing is going to be a food related thing. Uh, okay. The Florentine steak from Florence was the best steak I've ever had in my life. It was oh. unbelievable. And it's this specific cow that's only found in Florence. So you can't get this anywhere else. And it's only raised in Florence. And it was like, and it was expensive. I, mean, I think it was about 120 euro, but it was so, it, it just melted in your mouth. It was such an incredible steak. Wow. And I, it was like a pound and a half. And I ate it all. I mean, it was unbelievable i felt awful afterwards but yeah. it was so good so that was my number one food thing to do okay um i think this one most people would tell you but the vatican was just very cool going to see yeah. you know, the vatican and vatican city and uh just rome generally those were all cool and you just kind of wander in these random churches that you never even heard of like this is the most beautiful church i've ever seen <laughs> it's not even like one of the tourist places to go yeah, you just so, kind of go in and look at the stained glass and all of the really pretty, I don't know if you saw any cool relics or anything, but I've I've heard a lot about the churches in Rome. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And we saw, and I saw the, I don't even know what it's called. What's the the Sistine Chapel? Oh, the, the Sistine Chapel. That was something else. That was really crazy. And everyone always sees the, you know, that the picture of the touching, but like the whole thing's incredible. Like you don't even really notice that in there because there's so many awesome paintings in there. Wow. Um, and then I would say something else is, I like Venice. Um, I, I mean, the Amalfi Coast is just incredible. Um, it's it's unlike anything I've ever seen before. I think there is just because it's all built on hills. So you have like yeah. houses go up instead of out. So it's a pain to walk because you're yes. up and down so many steps. And it's like, you want to die. And going down the beach is like a half mile down steps, which is not bad. But the half mile up steps, you want to die. My, my legs, I'm like, I, I can't Terrible. Well, I am so jealous. Your pictures from the Amalfi Coast, I think, were my favorite. That's where I would definitely want to go. How many days did y'all spend there? Five. And, it, and I would say we went to Positano. There's other parts of the Amalfi Coast. I wish I would have went to a little bit more. We were just tired and you have to, it's all by boat. So it's tough, but it was our, our um, you know, bed and breakfast was incredible. And we were right on the, we had just the best view of the, of the ocean from there. And it was just very, very cool. So I loved it. It was very fun. Kind of a once in a lifetime trip that was too expensive, but I'm glad that I did it and I checked it off. Well, I'm jealous. I'm so glad you got to go. Y'all Mark got on our staff call Monday morning and he looked tan and happy <laughs> and relaxed. I think I've sucked all the life out of him already. These only four days back, but um, it, it definitely is good to have you back, Mark. Um, I loved having all my guest co-hosts on the last few weeks, but 
it's good to have you back. And uh, and let's yeah. clarify, I look tan for me, not for normal people, just, just for me. <laughs> like that definitely needs to be said because Mark's standard of tan <laughs> is what I would consider pale. Yeah. So, <laughs> but you look tan for you. As a matter of fact, somebody in our office asked me if you got your teeth whitened. And I was like, no, he just has color on his face. Oh yeah, that, that is, yeah, yeah, that is it. I didn't get my teeth, <laughs> yeah, just, I have, I'm not so white now, maybe it stands out more. <laughs> you have some color on your face. That, that makes all the difference. Um, well, I'm so glad you guys are back. I'm kind of bitter that I didn't get a postcard, but maybe next time you take a three week trip to Italy, I'll get a postcard. Oh, I do have something small for you. What are you present? It's very small. It's a, yeah, it's alcohol. <laughs> love that yeah, yeah. that's that's no small thing yeah. <laughs> I love that okay well I'll be picking that up soon enough <laughs> um like I said glad you're back guys we have a lot of new research and really cool things on our website if you haven't looked at our website beacontn.org anytime recently we have new blog posts that we publish new research papers definitely check those things out if you haven't yet um we also have some collateral material for those things on our Facebook and, and also one more cool thing that we have not talked about we're going to be unveiling a new logo pretty soon after just a huge issue getting it. We have a new logo and we're excited to show it to you. So maybe we can like unveil it first on, on decaf, like put it on the thing and, and give we our, should our, do it. Yeah, after cool. all the blood, sweat, tears, and foul language I put into it, yeah. I think that we deserve <laughs> to be the ones that reveal this thing, but yes. it's so exciting. We're so pumped about our new logo. Um, yeah. Maybe you guys will be the first to see it after our board and our staff, but Mark and I worked super hard on it. Jordan, Justin, Stephanie, our whole team, we've really worked hard on this logo we can't wait for y'all to see it it's new sleek modern cool i'm just really excited so uh stay tuned for that in the coming weeks and we will see you soon